And welcome back to the Complete Tech Heads podcast with me, Tom Edwards. Have you ever worried about AI taking your job? Or have you perhaps experienced a pretty common phenomenon these days whereby everybody in your office is freaking out about AI taking theirs? Well, this week I am speaking with Lyle AI, or to use his real name, Clinton Lyle Kruger, uh, better known as Lyle AI on Twitter, who is an AI consultant who is building a business, helping other companies transform their business to work better with AI. So I wanted to talk to him about how worried we should be um, and what steps we can take to really make sure that we're using AI to its full potential in order to turbocharge our own earnings and in order to also ward off the threat of it replacing us as people. Uh, I think it's a really great conversation. Lyle was um, really good. He's got lots of excellent tips on how to get the most out of generative AI. He posts lots of um, advice and prompting tips on Twitter. So go and check him out. But for now, have a listen to what he's got to say. And here he is. Me speaking with Lyle AI. Hello, friends. I am here with Clinton Lyle Kruger, who is an AI consultant who's building a business advising companies on how to up-level and turbocharge their profitability using AI. He's also built a significant following on Twitter as a content creator in the AI space with all kinds of advice on prompt engineering and all of that good stuff. So um, I'm super excited to speak to you today. Lyle, how are you doing? Thank you, Tom. Thanks for uh, having me here. I'm really excited to be on your show. I think you've done an amazing job and created this platform for AI experts, AI enthusiasts alike to just come and share the good word on AI um, and, and help everyone to learn together. I mean, there's a lot of hype in this field and we need people like you who kind of uh, spark that collaboration. So yeah, I, I'm awesome. doing great. I'm excited about um, AI and excited to be here. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for the kind words. Um, lovely way to, to start the pod. Um, so what I would like to ask you, first of all, is if I am uh, just an average um, guy working in a knowledge industry, how can I stop AI from stealing my job uh, and make it work for me rather than against me? Yeah, that's that's a huge concern nowadays among many white collar employees. Um, if you look at the the Writers Guild and the strikes that are going on in the in the U.S., many people are concerned that AI uh, is taking their jobs. Um, so you know, my my big my best advice would be for people to not think too far ahead about AI, to not think about AGI, not think about things in a complex way, but to rather focus on the the basics like. Uh, AI is not going to take your job, right? But most companies are pushing their employees to learn AI, to learn how to work with ChatGPT. And if you really want to impress upper management and maintain that job security, the best thing that someone can do is um, take a week off, study ChatGPT, study how to do basic prompting. It, it doesn't involve super prompting. 
Um, it simply involves taking your current job and finding some parts of it, mon mundane work or copy-paste work, uh, things that you can just plug into ChatGPT or Perplexity or Claude just to speed things up a little bit. If you can do five hours of work in one hour, that's a huge um, benefit to the company and there's no way an employer would consider laying someone off at this stage if you can create that kind of output. Uh, however, if, if there are members of a company who are reluctant to study, to invest their time in learning more about AI, I think um, it's, it, their days are pretty much numbered and we'll see more and more jobs becoming redundant in the future. Yeah, I guess it really is like a pretty stark choice right you can become a 5x employee yeah. from where you were before or yeah. you're going to watch other people becoming a 5 or 10x employee and if you're not one of them then you're going to start to stand out right exactly and and the thing is you you don't need to go out and and study how llms uh, work and how you can train your own local model how you can build these ai SaaS tools i think there's so much hype around um how to get super rich with ai now uh, it's it's usual in a hype cycle, but the focus really should be the small mundane things and tasks you do on a daily basis and just find a, a short way to automate it. Um, so if you don't mind, I have a, a short tip I'd like to give about that. Um, everyone has a mobile phone, right? So if you can download the ChatGPT app on the mobile phone and uh, it has a very simple user interface, um, so right next to the send button, there is the speech to text uh, voice recorder. And that is such a hack. If you can just um, tap that button and just let your thoughts loose, just ramble, uh, ramble on about your work, ramble on about a meeting that happened, about your tasks that need to get done. Uh, and then w once you're finished, take that text that it generated, copy paste it into ChatGPT. You can do it over AirDrop immediately into a prompt that'll just organize all that jibber jabber into like, uh, you know, um, a bullet bullet list. And it's just yeah, insane. Yeah. It's like a next form of journaling and it's, it's one of the most effective ways to speed up your productivity immediately. I love that. That's really cool. Um, so how did you get into this world? Like where did you, what's your background? How did you kind of come across this, um, you know, expertise that you now have in, in AI and start, start using it to build a business? Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, first, uh, a little bit about my background. I spent a few years working in strategy consulting. Uh, okay. This was right after I finished my bachelor degree, which was also in, in investment management. And uh, I spent a few years in strategy consulting, but I wanted to work with um, companies that were struggling. So specifically, I wanted to be a turnaround specialist. And I noticed that a lot of the big consulting firms, they were working with large conglomerates and they weren't really interested in these small mom and pop businesses. Um, so I, I lost interest in that field. Uh, what did I do? I bought a one-way ticket to South Korea. This was when I was 22. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm recently bad. from... Yeah. <laughs> why not? I, why not? Why not? I, I said, you know what? I, I'm so done with this corporate. Um, they just care about the profit and stuff. I really want to do something interesting. And I was just a pen pusher at that time. Uh, and I thought, I want to broaden my horizons, get to South Korea. 
I came over to South Korea and uh, I ended up coaching um, business English and sales for um, Hyundai Motor Company. Okay. During that time, uh, I also kept studying. I, I did an MBA, also business related, just kept to that kind of field. Uh, and, and, you know, funnily enough, I, I also pivoted into a totally different field, which is tennis coaching. So oh, wow. super okay. divers. Man, yeah. I, I'm a big tennis fan. It's, it, it's oh, really? not a tennis podcast, yeah. but man, yeah, I could sit here and talk all day about Amazing. tennis. Amazing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Because uh, about three years ago, the tennis industry in Korea was, was starting to boom. Okay. It was seen as something like super fashionable and everyone picked up a racket and you know I used to play junior tournaments until I was about 18 uh, on the oh, wow. on the ITF circuit. Um, and then I I started coaching in Korea while teaching corporate uh, business English uh, up until last November. The big momentous event, the release of ChatGPT. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, at the time I was I was creating lesson plans for my students and I, I found out ChatGPT just released and I, I tried to create a lesson plan and I was just shocked. Like one prompt in the playground of ChatGPT and this fully fledged lesson plan came out, extremely thorough. Yeah. Uh, and and I, it took me usually about three hours to put together a solid lesson plan and I did it in, in a few minutes. And I thought, no, this must lead to something, surely. And my mind just started going crazy, right? So many ideas. Uh, I'm sure you've had, you had the same when it released, sure, right? Sure, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. So this, and this would have been GPT-3, would it? Or 3.5? This was GPT-3, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. 3, right prior to 3.5. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. And, uh, you know, my first uh, thought was, okay, I have this tool at my disposal, probably most of the world um, is unknown, uh, is like uh, unaware of it yet. So how can I use this to, to make money? I think a lot of creators, a lot of people thought about that at first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought, um, I'm in Korea. There's a lot of translation work from Korean to English and vice versa. That's how I got my start. I okay. applied to, uh, as a freelancer, to translate as, as many technical or non-technical pieces of text from one language to another. Got a lot of clients at the start. Uh, but I realized, um, honestly, I'm, I'm not thinking big enough in this. I need to like, you know, shift to other ideas. And then my mind shifted to creating a children's book, which I actually wrote in about in January of this year. And I published on Amazon. Um, okay. How did yeah, it do? You know, it got about 30 sales, <laughs> not, not too great, not too great. Um, and well, yeah. look, you, you see, it's uh, yeah, you know, we do, you can't win them all, I guess. It's still, uh, you know, it's still right. uh, fair enough right. for, for giving it a crack, yeah, for sure. It's, it's that old adage of like, um, chase two rabbits and catch none. <laughs> and so it's like I, I was just taking on too many ideas and not putting my sure. focus toward uh, one specific, uh, yeah, big vision. Uh, so, so yeah, it just didn't work out that well. Um, but at the time, uh, getting back to the main point of uh, how I built the Twitter and that, uh, around February, I saw that many creators were publishing AI content and they were just 
shooting off. You know, um, we had Hassan Tour, we had Paul Cover. Uh, they were blowing up on on Twitter, and I was influenced by Alex Ramosi and Dan Co about the one person creator business, and how a personal brand can really create you so much leverage for any project you'd like. Um, and so, I thought, you know, I spent two and a half months playing with ChatGPT every day. I kind of know how to structure the prompt at that time, and I know how to show people's, you know, how-to tutorials. So um, that's that's how I started, and just tried to learn how the algorithm works, and yeah, yeah. just went so, on. So now, are you you're working with with businesses on how to leverage AI in their workflows? Because this is a question that I feel like is coming up in my life, like every day. Right? It's like yes, we know that AI is there. Uh, you know, like big legacy businesses, right? That have that have done things. You know, they're on. I don't know, like Microsoft still for some reason or whatever. You know, using Word. They're kind of you know they've got these old processes. There are some people inside mm -hmm. the business that are like, look, this is here. You need to do something with AI, and then everyone's mm -hmm. kind of panicking, like, yeah, oh, oh god, what? So like, what what kinds of things are you are you saying to these people? Because I feel like there's some people are kind of trying to almost overreact and decide that they want to be a software company and compete with open AI, right? Which, you know, you're not going to do unless you are, you know, Google or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas others on the other, other end of the spectrum are just not embracing it at all. Where's the happy medium? What are you kind of saying to people when you're having these conversations? Sure. Um, the first thing I would say is look at current examples. When you when you study what Walmart recently did, so they built an AI assistant for their internal use and they released it to uh, 50,000 employees. So this allows the access of every employee to um, basically be able to ask any question 24-7 based on the internal operations of the company, get any information they, they seek. Um, this allows smooth training of, of new employees coming in and um, you know any problem solving of uh, or troubleshooting that may occur as well so you know some companies are dealing with with it very proactively like Walmart and um, also some of the big consulting firms are investing billions to train their consultants on AI and how to consult with AI so you know that might create some trouble for smaller firms like agencies trying to get into the space now um, but what I would say to companies that have not yet adopted but feel the pressure to is start with the basics. This is not a good time to say, you know what, it's too expensive to just get started. Let's, let's wait and see if Walmart's AI assistant actually brings ROI. If it does, then, then we can get in. I, I really think this is kind of um, a necessity and first mover advantage is critical here. Uh, it doesn't have to be expensive. Um, the, the chat assistant doesn't have to be the most comprehensive. It doesn't have to be um, have its own, mm, you know, comprehensive AI persona. Um, a basic chat assistant would do. I, I don't want to say chatbot because many, many companies are turned off when you mention uh, chatbot nowadays. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a simple chat assistant goes a long way to answer uh, customer queries, to ensure customer satisfaction. Uh, to handle some lead generation, to keep the users inside the company's funnel, to use their queries and um, basically uh, match the most suitable product or service 
to that user. So that would be a good place to start, but I would say don't overthink it. Start with the basics. I think there's a lot of people who are freaking out thinking that um, they need to entirely reimagine their whole business and become an AI company, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think that the, the, the key really is figuring out how to use AI to just turbocharge what it is you're already doing, figure out what it is that your business mm-hmm. is actually good at. And then mm-hmm. you fit, then you can fill in the gaps of, well, where can we improve our productivity using these tools rather than saying, right, we need to be an AI company now. Let's go and build an LLM. You know, let's like harvest as much data as we can and f- go to hugging face and just feed it all in. It's like, I think that that that, that bit of figuring out where AI can be useful and also figuring out what you shouldn't be doing is like part of the challenge for so many like businesses that I speak to at the moment. Exactly. Right. And in, in this case, um, that's where the, the consultation is so important, you know, and a consultant's yeah. job is not to go and just recommend um, building a custom LLM. It's not to say, you know, AI first is you should head into the AI sphere. It is, it is basically, here's AI. It's a tool that has evolved so much in the past few years. How can you funnel it into your existing administration operations just to to create even 10% more efficiency? That goes a long way, but but the business should really focus on its core competency. If it is not a software business, if it is not, uh, for example, a brick and mortar gym should not go and build like its own AI persona uh, and an AI trainer, a virtual trainer. Uh, it, It could consider that for sure, to differentiate itself. But if it just creates um, an AI assistant that uh, basically books appointment, books appointments for, for new clients coming in, and they can basically, without a human, um, cancel their classes, schedule their classes, um, book a personal trainer, uh, they can get some information on dietary uh, requirements, the, these types of things, that alone creates a huge difference for the company. And it doesn't give them a headache yeah mm. so i want to talk about um prompt engineering and what we mean when we say prompt engineering and um i've seen in in a lot of your content you talk about super prompts um so i'd love to talk about that as well like what what we mean by that um so let's start off with prompt engineering how do you think about prompt engineering because clearly it's you know engineering and development as we knew it up until ai was like using a coding language to write code now it's plain english what do we really mean by prompt engineering yeah right this is where language becomes so important right and how we verbalize things um you know prompt engineering many people think it's it's like programming and it's talking to a machine talking to a computer but in this case, the best way to um, make it simple to understand is you're talking to, uh, let's say, your um, very smart, capable assistant who's working with you on this project. And, and that person is obviously human. So it's very important to interact with ChatGPT or, or an LLM like it's a human. Uh, so uh, if that necessitates please and thank you, then you know let it be. Um, but assume that the human is basically clueless at the start. They're very enthusiastic. 
They never tire, they never bore, but they need a complete set of instructions to execute the task. So in this case, prompt engineering is basically you're setting, a, um, you're setting an instruction and then you're iteratively refining it, you're optimizing it until you create the best possible outcome. And this can take place in many steps. Um, the first one, how I like to think about it, is you assign a role. Um, if, if, you, if you don't mind, I, I'd like you to run you through an example. So Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If you, if you write a prompt to say, listen, write a blog about uh, karate. There's going to be some output, but it's not going to be anything great, right? It's going to be quite generic. Generic, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's often the problem is generic content, I think. Right. Uh, is that you, yeah. And I guess a large part of the reason for that is because you're not giving it enough information, right? Sure, that's definitely part of it. Um, so, so getting to that part of giving more information, if we were to change that into a more comprehensive or let's say super prompt in a sense, um, first you have to assign the role. You know, what do you want this person, this assistant to be? Yeah. In this case, um, you know, act as, let's say you have a background in SEO, Tom. So let's see, act as an SEO expert, blog writer on the karate niche. All right, um, you know, as an added extra, you should be a black belt in karate, so you understand the full fundamental um, training curriculum. Mm. Then, uh, outline five tips from beginner to advanced to improving your karate, moving from white to black belt. And you know, while you're at it, create a new acronym to sum up this training curriculum. Um, the next step could be, what kind of approach do we want for our blog article? Well, we want the AIDA, the, the ADA, the copywriting method, a specific type of, of output, right? We define the input, we define the output, yeah, and, yeah. and then we want a call to action. Um, yeah, so, so uh, basically, back to the point is like, you define, you assign the role, define the input output, and then give it samples. This is what I want it yeah. to look like. Um, and specify the length, uh, just walk it through each step. That's yeah. the key here. I um, like that. Um, because that also is allowing you as a, you know, as a, as a, as a, as a creator or, or whatever it is, you're using your knowledge as well, right? You're using your knowledge sure. of, um, you know, writing techniques. You're using your understanding of, of karate, uh, you know, to an extent. And and obviously, as you get more in depth, you explain more. You know, the more ex I feel like the more of an expert I am on a subject, the more uh, mm. the, the the better output I'm able to get from ChatGPT because I know exactly what to ask for, right? And it's it's exactly. you do find. Like because a great example of this, I think, is with um, developers, right? So I'm not a developer. You know, I've got some cursory knowledge of you know JavaScript and HTML, but I'm not a developer. And so I can use it. I can use ChatGPT to build a, a website, right? Mm -hmm. But it'll be really shit, <laughs> you know. And it'll take me forever to iterate over what I want. So I'll, I'll forever be saying, "Oh no, not like that. Like this. Oh no, no, do it, do it this way." Whereas 
you know, if it, one of the dev team that, you know, that I, that I work with every day, for them, mm -hmm. it's like a real superpower, you know, because they know mm -hmm. exactly what they need to ask for. Um, and it will give them, you know, reams and reams of code, which will be useful because it's they, they knew what to ask for in the first place, mm -hmm. which is, I think, you know, part of what makes me less scared, let's say, of, of AI stealing jobs or whatever, is that you're still activating your human experience, right? You're still having to understand what it is that you need to ask for and having to put the pieces together, work with other humans to understand what's needed, all of these things. Um, and you do experts just become 10x experts. Um, exactly. It seems to me anyway. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And and as you're, you, you mentioned so well, um, AI has blind spots outside of its training data. So the more expert you are in a particular field, you're going to see these blind spots, you're going to fill in the gaps when you um, yeah. write the prompts. And I think that's why it's so important that people stack skills, they don't just rely on AI to to replace their writing and replace their brainstorming because they will truly need to be skills first and then AI as a supplement to boost 10x. And so the yeah. people who just uh, become lazy thinkers and say, you know what, we don't need to brainstorm anymore. We just use AI to create ideas. I don't think that's the right approach. It's, it's going to be biased. AI can hallucinate. It has gaps in its training. So uh, I, I still think the fundamental soft skills, hard skills are essential. And people who, um, who talk very highly of no code tools to create apps mm. on, on bubble or Flutterflow, I, um, I really don't think that those apps can be competitive with the ones that require code. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I, I, I think you, you, you we're st we still live in a world where to do something really well, you still need a human expert, right? Like mm -hmm. there are, you, you can't, I can't be an ex, a, a real genuine, you know, expert of 10 years in, you know, writing Python code mm -hmm. because I've got ChatGPT, right? Because, because I don't know what to prompt, right? So exactly. I, if so, <laughs> I, I don't, I've got no idea what I'm asking for, right? So I, you can't just say, write me some Python code, please. And then you get some, you know, you'll get some code for something, but it's not going to be useful mm -hmm. to anybody, right? I, I think that that's the kind of thing that I'm starting to realize more and more as I as I use it more and more people that I work with interact with it. Your expertise is still valuable, you know? Yes. You just mm -hmm. don't have to spend so much time like on, on outputting it yourself, mm -hmm. you know? Like you don't mm -hmm. have to spend all that time writing stuff down or physically writing code by hand, you can ask for exactly what you want in plain English. And then you get that block of code that is invariably, you know, needs a bit of editing, but it's, mm -hmm. it's say it's just saved you a, a whole heap of time, basically. Right. One point to add to that, um, that that's actually a good way to learn something. Uh, when you use ChatGPT uh, and you you're not sure how to ask it for the right thing, when you're learning Python, you know, in that case, um, you could explain what you know, and then ask GPT to basically fill in the gaps. Um, you know, that's a very effective way to get feedback uh, from ChatGPT and fill in your own gaps of knowledge, and then use that to build some projects and then ask it again, like, hey, I'm stuck here. Um, what could the possible uh, 
problems be. So as a learning tool, I think it's incredibly effective. Um, but to use it to actually build, you know, the app or the website using Python, I, I think, um, yeah, you know, gotta hit those traditional Python books and courses as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you still read books? <laughs> Is anyone? <laughs> Not so yeah. much book reading going on these days. I, I, I used to read so much and I, I, I struggle now. Uh, my brain has just been addled by oh. social media and video yeah, content. Yeah. Vertical Honestly, video is just... Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Twitter is making it so difficult too, you know, because every tweet ha is like a value bomb in and of itself. And if you move from one tweet to the next without thinking deeply and reflecting on the content in the tweet above is just my brain just gets used to switching, switching, especially as a content creator, I try to give about a hundred replies a day. So there's wow. a lot of tweets I need to read and reply to, and then switch yeah. my focus to the next tweet. So to get through a book or oh, it's a different mindset for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so you're, 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 I, I guess it sounds like you're sort of really actively growing your audience at the moment, right? Like the the, the replying, the engagement. How how frequently are you posting? I'm posting about four times a day. Okay, and a hundred replies yeah. a day. And a hundred replies a day. Um, I'm at about fifty DMs per week. Okay. Yes, and and serious. I try to balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, serious, serious for sure. Um, in, in the past, uh, I made a mistake like many other AI creators to focus solely on growth content. Mm. Um, you know, those two lists and only yeah, prompt yeah. lists and you know, those things. But the problem with that is you attract very weak followers and these followers do not convert to people supporting your personal brand or they don't convert to leads for your AI agency the one that I'm uh, building now. So I had to, maybe about two months ago, I started pivoting to balance uh, value content and growth content. So I incorporate voice or video. Um, I incorporate personal branding, things about my life or things about um, writing or building this agency, ask engaging questions, um, have polls, and then also still keep those um, evening posts the the long form because the yeah, algorithm yeah. prefers that and also uh, the prompts tend to bring the most followers but the questions tend to build up the personal brand more so a balance yeah. is definitely necessary i saw a, i saw elon musk posted a stat about long form posts today yes. i don't know if you saw this yes uh, i saw it so yeah long form posts on this platform are now at 3 billion views per day and rising it's insane that's yeah, just incredible. it's just crazy numbers and then he said this is this is roughly on par with all newspaper article views on earth it's like <laughs> it's mad numbers isn't it and then i also saw that apparently facebook are now trying to encourage more users to make their posts public so they're doing uh, you know like prompting prompting in a different sense prompting humans um to open up their posts which makes me mm. think that they're clearly um they're clearly watching what's happening at x, twitter x sure. and thinking uh -huh. that, that yeah this is a this is a worry you know because like this mm -hmm. it feels like the platform is just going mad at the moment to me anyway and certainly right. for like creators like you i'm following so many like 
different AI creators. I have one, uh, Alex Northstar on. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I know him very well. Yeah, 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 he's a yeah. cool guy. We really like him. Very, um, very nice guy. Um, we, we had a call two days ago. Okay. And yeah, just nice. a great guy, very enthusiastic, and he's a huge, yeah, yeah, uh, huge player in the AI space. Yeah. For sure, yeah. No, I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, so I'm following all these people, you know, like lots of people like yourself who are just like, like you, I think you said the, the uh, value bomb. Was, was that your word? <laughs> yeah, right. Value bomb. Yeah. It's like, that's a, a great terminology because it is just, it's like, shit, man. I did, like I'm sprinting to keep up with all of these ideas, oh, you know, because yeah. it feels like mm. just the creativity at the moment is off the scale on, on Twitter X in particular. Like, do you feel that as well? Sure, my bookmarks are filling up about 10 a day. I have to bookmark yeah, and yeah. I, I yeah. try to get back to them. But how do you manage that? Like uh, when, when you bookmark uh, a post that you like, do you go and experiment and try that tutorial immediately or do you just leave it for some other day? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty bad at, at following up on stuff. <laughs> I think it's because it's because it's a constant. So like if I see something something that I find interesting I often I will just use it I'll try it straight away so I'll just go straight uh -huh. to GPT or mid journey or whatever so I do that a lot but I don't circle back very often because as soon as I open the app there's something new and like it's right. it's like it's almost like uh like ADD by design you know <laughs> it's like <laughs> so um so yeah, like I, I do test stuff out a lot and I, I, I get lots of ideas. Um, I love playing with, um, with mid journey in particular. Nice. Um, nice. have you seen uh, Dali three? Have you used that yet? I've not used it. it. I've out. seen the announcement and I've, I've seen some creators post about it, but I've not, I've not used it. Have you tried? Yeah, no, but I, I did. Uh -huh. Um, I was addicted to Dali two for ages. So I, I, created a it's in the other room in my house um i i created a like an artwork on dali 2 oh, nice. and got it nice. blown up on a, on a canvas and i've got oh, it in a, you know hanging awesome. in my living room it's like the kind of you know the main um piece of art in the, wow. in the living room yeah which seems like almost like a normal thing to do now but at the time uh -huh. i thought i was being so edgy and cool you know like <laughs> um making a you know ai art and, and putting it in the real world but like, I feel like probably loads of people are doing that now. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what kind of uh, scene does it symbolize? That piece so of it was a. It's a, so this is going to be really sound really corny, but me and my wife have a like a sort of running thing about uh, pomegranates, <laughs> like the fruit, <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, like there's a place we go in in Spain and there's lots of pomegranate trees there. It's uh -huh. very very schmaltzy but anyway so it was a pomegranate tree in the style of uh, claude monet um and so it's 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 very pretty it's very nice um so yeah and so uh, i i blew it up because you, you have to to get the um the right resolution i had to drop it into photoshop because it wasn't big enough uh -huh. um uh -huh. and i had to drop it into photoshop and, and and blow it up and then um and then yeah got it got it put on a canvas um so yeah, big big fan of, of Dali. And from what I've seen, Dali three actually in many cases looks better than Mid Journey. Wow. And because I've been noticing, because Mid Journey is amazing, but I have mm. been noticing as I get more specific and use it more and more and more, I am noticing more and more blind spots 
with, uh-huh. with my journey. Like there mm-hmm. are certain things that I know it's not going to get, you know, like mm-hmm. I asked it for a friend of mine wanted to make him, wanted me to make him a, a thumbnail for a, he's another YouTuber. Um, uh-huh. wanted to make me to make him a thumbnail with Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg on. Um, and I kind of knew that it was going to struggle and it did. And a lot of the faces were like a kind of mush of, they uh-huh. looked like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg had had a child, you know, because it's sort of, it, it, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. quite passing them out into right. two separate individuals. Proper it's kind form. of meshing uh-huh. them in. Um, so yeah. And there's, there's some other, some other, problems i've had with with mid journey but i mean right. generally it's great i do kind of feel like a lot of the time they all mid journey all looks even though it's lots of different pictures they all look like mid journey images in a way mm. like if it, mm-hmm. if it's shallow prompting anyway if you get if you get right. deep into the prompt then you you get much more differentiation but mm-hmm. um if you ask for you know a tree with a whatever or a, you know a car just, just very basic they'll all kind of look like mid journey outputs, you know, For sure. rather than mm-hmm. photorealistic. I mean, I don't know what right. you think. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I also have a mid journey subscription and I use it almost daily, but, um, I'm definitely not a prompt expert in mid journey specifically. There are creators that just spend all day trying to get the best, um, output. Yeah. Um, they test everything for me. It's just the, the most important is the quality. So to put like hyper detailed or HD or these and uh, the ratio, depending on the size that I'd prefer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the, the first few keywords or adding some weight to the keywords, the background color, the scene, that is kind of the most important. Um, I don't go too much into the details of finding the perfect, um, yeah, the perfect image. But I do notice that there is still even with version, I think it's 5.2 that I'm using now, that there are still um, a few time, occasions where the hand has like, you know, six fingers or only yeah, four, yeah, or it's, yeah. it's, it's messing up yeah. slightly. But yeah, it's definitely good enough for kind of um, just my use case. Uh, and, you know, it's for amazing. printing out art. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The stuff that we can like complain about now you know like like we're so spoiled with this amazing yeah. tech, like picking holes yeah. in oh well the mark zuckerberg wasn't quite exactly right it's like like this thing has just made a, an image from exactly. text which was like yeah. revolutionary like 12 months ago and now you're you know yeah now i'm i'm complaining about little things um so, yeah, would you would you still it. would you still hire a designer like a logo yes. designer you would yeah uh, a logo mm. designer um don't know probably probably i would yeah but i, I i'm st- i'm still a big believer in in humans like mm-hmm. i'm still very mm-hmm. much team human like I, I would hire um an ai consultant you know like i i, I would mm-hmm. hire uh that i don't think there's any job that i wouldn't hire still like a a, a content writer I, you know, we, we I work often with like former journalists who write content. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would hire them. I would hire designers. I would hire videographers. Um, but I would also recommend to any designer or videographer or content writer to be using AI tools, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because I still want someone to edit it. I, I, you know, I still want someone who's an expert, like we were saying before, someone who's an expert to, um, you know, work with it to work to, mm-hmm. to to do the prompting to make sure that it's in the perfect you know shape you've just got mm-hmm. a really really amazing 
inspiration and editor. Um, so yeah, would you would would you hire a designer? I don't think so. Uh, I think really? okay. Uh, yeah, for certain cases, um, when it comes to writing, like writing blog posts, writing content, I do not think I would use a designer, uh, a writer. I would also okay. just use GPT and then try to edit it or proofread using GPT and using my own yeah. um, kind of writing skills. Uh, if um, uh, in but, the terms, but, but you just sorry to quickly jump in, but you are still using your own writing skills, right? So if, oh, if you like, you're still using yourself as an editor, as a, as a yes. human, yes. if, if that wasn't your skill set, if you weren't a, a writer, mm. if you were, you know, like you did something completely tangential, not marketing sure. strategy you, at all, you'd probably still want a human in the loop, right? For sure. Yep. For sure. Yeah. If, if, if it's anyway, not part sorry, of my I skill set, I would. No, no, no. If, if it's not part of my, that's a valid point. If it's not part of my um, built up skill set, I would definitely outsource it to a human to at least overlook the process and to maybe have a final proofread of, of the, yeah. the final piece before posting. Because yeah, like, for sure. if you think what's going to be better, if you've got a really important piece of, of writing, right? Mm. What's that you, you've, you've got, you've got three options, right? You do it yourself with ChatGPT. You hire uh, an expert writer to do it for you or you hire an expert writer who works with ai tools every day and is is really turbocharging their own creativity and and style and quality of delivery i think that option option three the expert writer who's also an expert with ai is going to give you like by far the best product out of those three options absolutely yeah Absolutely. That's why I also think like um, experts who adapt to AI and start using it in their process is just going to explode in popularity. Like the people who are best-selling authors right now, um, others may think, oh, they're not going to write a great uh, best-selling novel in the future. But I do think they will. And their name will just, you know, there'll be so much more inequality between normal writers and like these best-selling writers because their level of creativity and their knowledge when it comes to editing, proofread, proofreading, um, and how to write is just far greater. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. Um, have you, have you had a look at HeyGen, the new AI tool for like live no. translation? And no, I have not, no. HeyGen, hey how, how are you spelling that for, uh, for So H E Y G E N, HeyGen. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to look at it while uh, you talk about it. For sure, for sure. It's revolutionary. So um, it has this live translation tool, whereas uh, it went viral a couple of weeks ago when a creator made a post. Uh, he was speaking in English, German, French, and, you know, the, his lips were yeah. synced at the same time. And this is just crazy because uh, if you just think of YouTube and that opportunity, uh, YouTube uh, viewership is about 40% in English, right? And 60% uh, is from non-English uh, speakers. So if you just think of taking your content, repurposing it into all the other languages and having your lip sync to it, and it follows your exact voice tone. Uh, so it's not some robotic voice that serves as a replacement. That is absolutely groundbreaking for any creator to expand their audience. Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. So you, you as a creator, you can now be 
fluent in every language. Any language, yeah. As far yeah. as your content is concerned. Exactly. Instantly. Yeah, <laughs> God, wow. What a world, what a world. <laughs> Do you ever just crazy. sit back and think, what a world <laughs> we live in? <laughs> crazy for sure um, so and to look, see, we, yeah oh yeah go, no, ahead. go ahead go ahead yeah i mean it, it it's been it's been nine months you know it's been nine months yeah. and it's just it just felt like i don't know what i did last year and the year before how i spent my time um and i can't imagine how the next year will go and and the following years and uh, you know many people talk about agi and they like to hype everything up being 15 20 years away but i just think even if we look forward to next year or the year after the amount of technological advancements we're going to experience and even more information overload every website just has gpt articles all over like pasted all over we i think we have to be very careful about our sources you know how we digest information going forward yeah 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 so yeah, so that was the so we're running up towards the end of our, our our time together. But that was really the last thing I wanted to ask you is, like, what if we were to future gaze for a moment? Like, mm -hmm. how do you see this developing? Where do you think we'll be in a year or two or three? Well, frankly, um, mass adoption takes place relatively slowly. So I think in a year or two, um, partly with the release of GPT five. Dali 3 and you know Bard bringing out its uh, extensions that it did yesterday I think the hype will continue to climb slowly but surely more people will start using GPT for the local like use cases uh, my hope is that everyone uses it to at least save some time to get five hours of work done in one hour that would be the biggest win um, for me personally too I, I don't think that People should just think of it as like, okay, how can I get rich in the next six months using AI? It's definitely a long-term opportunity. So if, if we could take the time, learn the fundamentals now of generative AI and probably traditional AI, it would definitely help. Uh, and then try to incorporate it in our industry, you know, five, 10 years, it's going to be unrecognizable. Um, it's, it's nice to be excited about AGI and where there will be a day when we don't have to work and everything will be taken care of by um, robots. But um, yeah, I, I'm an optimist. I'm excited for the future. I do think it should be regulated, but I, I'm by no means a pessimist and say, you know, stop AI uh, because it's going to kill all humans or something. I think that's a bit too drastic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your thought yeah, there? I well, I th yeah, I I have this conversation a lot, as, as you yeah, can imagine. Yeah, like, I, can you imagine? I, I like honestly, I I I see compelling arguments on both sides. So I've I've had uh, Liron Shapira on the podcast, who's who's quite a prominent sort of doomer. Um, he mm -hmm. thinks there's a fifty percent chance that AI will have wiped us out by twenty fifty, um, and and he's super logical. You know, it's like that. I, I can't. I get I, I can see the argument that you know mm -hmm. if if something's that much more intelligent than us our goals might not necessarily matter and if it's you know if it's a essentially a goal optimizing agent it's mapping mm -hmm. actions to outcomes um then you know I can see how humans may indeed be incidental to the eventual yes. outcome mm -hmm. um of an AI so I get that um but then it does feel 
deeply counterintuitive that that would ever happen and i think on the on the sort of acceleration so it's it's eac isn't it like uh, effective accelerationism they call it the mm-hmm. the mark andreessen piece um which is essentially saying you know we remain in control of it i think one of the best arguments for in favor of the fact that it it won't kill us uh one of the most reassuring arguments for me is like competition I almost think capitalism might save us. You know, there, mm. it's not like there's just one super intelligent exactly. being that's that's in charge of everything. Mm. Actually, there's loads, and they're right. all kind of competing with each other. And a lot of them are obviously very public, very open. And so, you know, it, 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 it it's it's not like there's 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 one agent that's going to just foom. I don't think you know like because that the, the worry is that one becomes uh, self-improving and then gets mm-hmm. very very rapidly smarter than all of the other ones mm-hmm. um and i think there are so many that are kind of compete if you look at just in the industry now we're talking about mid-journey and dally three yep. it's like yep. well they're comparable you know they're competing exactly. with each other they're getting better yep. but it's yep. not like dally three has suddenly destroyed mid-journey actually right. this um and the same goes with, you know, we're talking a lot about Claude at the moment versus ChatGPT and mm-hmm. all of these things. So, yeah, I, the short answer is I don't know. <laughs> um, I hope we survive. Um, but, but yeah, we, we'll see. Um, well, look, anyway, um, I, I'm aware we, we need to sort of start wrapping up soon. So I would love to just get from you what you've got next, what you're excited about, and where can people keep up with you? Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me on. It was such a pleasure. Um, yeah. So for me, uh, I'm busy building the agency. It's called Venera. You can find us on venera.agency. We're basically um, an AI automation agency that helps businesses implement AI solutions from chat assistants to automations to basically in- increase profitability, save costs. And depending on the business needs, we can solve for almost everything. Um, aside from that, I'm growing the, the creator business and uh, I'm also looking to start my newsletter because I'm optimistic about the newsletter space in the upcoming few years. And uh, that's going to be mostly based on prompts and actually prompt engineering and dissecting prompts into you know, various steps on a, on a hopefully daily basis. So I'll, I'll do my best uh, with that as well. Awesome. Well, make sure you um, drop me a DM when it goes live. I'll definitely sure. be keen to, to share it with, with uh, my audience as well. Well, look, um, Clinton, Clinton Lyle Kruger, uh, Lyle AI on, AI, on, on Twitter, as, uh, as I knew you up until today. Um, thanks so much for joining me. It's uh, been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much, Tom. And keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see what you have next. Awesome. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.